0: Is a light. If we obey His word, then we walk in the light. well good morning
1: folks i literally just tested the microphone and everything was copacetic make one quick adjustment here there that should take care of that uh wow um as as i pulled the microphone over it I don't know what's going on. This is quite interesting, but you have sound, and we're going to just keep right at it this morning, make a little adjustment in the game, and uh, I will, uh, I'll keep right on talking. There we go. You should be able to hear me just fine now, although it isn't through the good microphone. That's the second morning that has done this. So, and France saying, sure, mic check. Sorry, couldn't resist. Well, I, something is strange going on, but that's all right. We're together this morning. I am picking up uh, where I left off yesterday. In fact, I deleted yesterday's broadcast um, because uh, of all the issues that we had. And uh, so I'm going to kind of rehash a little bit of what we looked at yesterday. I won't linger long. I'm going to push into some of the other parables Again, Jesus is in Jerusalem. This is his final week of uh, ministry prior to his death, and he has all kinds of parables that he will proclaim during this week, and we're looking at uh, some of these, This, particularly the parables of the kingdom that we're considering uh, here this morning, and then he has other parables of woes and, and, and uh, preparations and things that he... Uh, he uh, pronounces and proclaims to uh, to those who are listening to him and uh, so uh, that's that's what we're going to consider this morning are just those few uh, parables of the kingdom found here in Matthew chapter 21 so I'm playing with the microphone a little bit hopefully I've got it just just as good as I can get it for this morning. Matthew chapter 21, uh, picking up here in verse 28, what do you think? There was a man who had two sons, and again, this is a little rehash from yesterday, a little, uh, because I deleted that uh, video because of the sound issue that we had. Uh, There was a man who had two sons. He went first and said, son, go work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered hear the defiance in his voice but later he changed his mind and went and the father went to the other son and said the same thing he answered I will I will sir but then he didn't go which of the two did what the father wanted the first they answered Jesus said truly I tell you the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you I mean they could they could see the logical earthly stuff that, that, that Jesus was saying but yet when it came to the kingdom they could understand uh, they understood that uh, which son was, was uh, reacting uh, in, in a way that would end up honoring the father is the one who said, I won't do it, but then ended up doing it anyway. He's the one to honor the father, not the one that was agreeable and, and, and you know, seemingly compliant, but then never followed through. Uh, and Jesus is, is challenging those listeners, those religious listeners, with the outcome. They answered the question in verse uh, verse 31, which of the two did what the father wanted? The first they answered, Jesus said, let me tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. tax collectors and the prostitutes did, even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. I would not want to be in the lot with those that uh, Jesus is pointing to and saying, you guys didn't get it. Uh, there are people that you look at as so unrighteous, so unholy, so ungodly that you uh, You sentence them to damnation while they end up returning. They end up responding. They end up repenting. They end up following me. uh, And you guys have put on all these religious airs and now you won't follow me. And uh, you lose in the end. Uh, these, These other people will will make it into the kingdom ahead of you, and yet you condemn them. We, we need to be make sh- making sure that we're not just religious acting folk and, and not real in essence, not real in heart, not following through on the things that the, that the Father wants us to follow through on. Uh, we need to make sure that that is absolutely uh, true in, in our lives as well. Um Again, I would not want to have been uh, among the, the tax collectors uh, and uh, not the tax collectors, uh, among the Pharisees and among the Sadducees and among the religious folk because they didn't make the grade. They didn't make the cut in the end. Uh, and we, sometimes we will judge a book by its cover, will we not? Sometimes we will look at, at people and go, well, you know, they, they, uh, they're not worthwhile people. They are sinful people. They are people that uh, really, really, really don't belong uh, in, uh, in the kingdom. We make that judgment, and yet Jesus says, in the end, they're the ones who get in not those who did all these religious activities. So we have to be careful of a spear of religion. We have to be careful of, uh, we have to be careful that we're not saying yes to the Father but yet yet not following through. That parable, I mean, who would you rather have? Somebody that tells you no, like, like with your kids, the kids that tell you no on the front side but then yet end up showing up at the party or end up Uh, following through and doing their chores, or the one that says, yes, 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 and and so agreeable, but then ends up not lifting a finger. I I think I'd rather have the second one. While it might be a pain in the keister to have one that is disagreeable, uh, in the end, it is better to have one that maybe is disagreeable, but who follows through uh, and comes through for you. What would you rather have? Which, Which child would you rather be dealing with? The one that is uh, outwardly defiant, but then in the end is compliant, or the one who is outwardly compliant, but in the end is defiant. You think about it. Um, Jesus gives his instruction about uh, how the tax collectors and sinners, those who seem to defy the law, are the ones who in the end end up making it because of their repentance and because of their humility. Let's continue on this morning as we looked at that passage. Yesterday, it says, listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and moved to another place. When the harvest time approached, he sent his servants to the tenant uh, to collect his fruit. Tenants seized the servants, they beat one, killed another, and stoned the third. Then he sent for other then he sent other servants to them, more than the first time, and the tenants treated them the same way. Last of all he sent his son to them. They'll respect my son, he said. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to each other, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him, and we'll take his inheritance. So they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, when the, land, uh, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants?" And they react, they respond, they said, He will bring those wretches to a wretched end, and they replied, He will rent the vineyard to other tenants, who will give him his share of the crop at harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures, The stones the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? The Lord has done this. It is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Anyone who falls in this stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. Now, I'll deal with that verse here in a moment or two. It says, when the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parables, they knew he was talking about them they looked for a way to arrest him but they were afraid of the crowd because the people held he was a prophet so what are we thinking here I mean there's so much here and to me it's quite clear uh, there is the conversation of the landowner obviously the landowner the vineyard owner is the father is God uh, there were servants of his, uh, in verse 34, and then there were those uh, who were simply renting the vineyard, uh, the tenants, if you will, that's what they're called in the text. He rented the vineyards to some farmers, verse 33, and moved to another place. He sent, When the time approached, he sent a servant. Now, who are these tenants? The tenants are the religious people. Uh, that's, that's who they were. They, they were those who uh, should have been participating in the harvest and giving their share to God, and we can get into giving on that issue, but they didn't, uh, and, and that isn't the overarching uh, consideration that Jesus is trying to bring forth in this passage. Verse 34, when he sent the servants. Verse 35, the tenant sees the servants and notice they beat one and killed another and stoned the third. Now, this is reference to to the prophets. The prophets were sent uh, uh, leading the way, uh, maybe even hundreds of years, if not a thousand years or 1,500 years or even more than that, uh, before the coming of Christ. And you think particularly of a servant uh, being one like John the Baptist, the forerunner who by now has been beheaded. So the tenants, those religious folks, they seized them, they beat them, they killed them, they stoned them. And it says in verse 36, it says that he sent other servants to them more than the first time. The tenants treated them the same way. These are all the prophets, the prophets that God was sending to help the people be ready for the coming of Christ. Uh, and the prophets were sent. The prophets were were given um, were given the message, and they proclaimed the message. And yet, that message often turned on deaf ears. Now, sadly, I mean, we, we can see maybe the same thing in our day uh, as preachers, prophets of our day, those who preach. The difference between preaching and teaching, preaching. Uh, is intended to stir response, immediate response. It is, it is intended to, to arouse uh, the, the souls and the thoughts of men. Uh, teaching may arouse thoughts of men in a different way. It is, it is meant to instruct and to inform, while preaching is meant to transform. And so preachers were sent, preachers are even sent in our day, Uh, proclaiming the message proclaiming be ready and yet do people listen does it fall on deaf ears do we continue in the same uh, the same vein the same practices do we not change do we not give ourselves to the kingdom do we not give ourselves to Christ more fully do we continue in our sins do we continue in our sins of omission and our sins of commission preachers are sent to preach and uh, again uh, it says in verse 36 that, you know, there, there were a few that were sent, then there were a whole bunch that were sent, and they treated them all the same. And it says, last of all, in verse 37, he sent his son. Now, who is this in reference to? Obviously, it is in reference to the Lord Jesus Christ himself, the Son of God sent to save us for God loved For God so deeply loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him shall not perish, but may have everlasting life. The thought was, verse 37, they'll respect my son. God knew that they weren't going to respect the son, but it says the tenants saw the son. They said to each other, this is is the heir, come, let's kill him and take his inheritance. So he took him, threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Now, it's interesting, out of the vineyard. I mean, the idea of Jerusalem being like a vineyard uh, or the vineyards that surrounded Jerusalem or the olive groves like the uh, uh, Mount of Olives. uh, And they threw him out. Where did they throw him? They throw him onto the dung heap. Where did they throw him? They crucified him on Calvary. And verse 40 says, therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? Now, that was a warning. This is a shot across the bow to to those religious leaders in Jesus' day. I think there's an application for today. What about people who, re- who resist the Son of God today? What about people who reject him today? Uh, it's the same. Uh, therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Now, I, I just want to draw attention verse 43, the idea of producing fruit. Friends, we are meant to produce fruit. Yes, there is the spiritual fruit of our own lives. Uh, there is the fruit of, of the Spirit that the Spirit produces in us. We do not produce the fruit. The Spirit produces the fruit as we abide in Christ. There is the fruit of evangelism. There is the fruit of justice. Uh, And and the question we have to ask is what fruits are we producing for the kingdom? You and I have direct responsibility for the fruit of our own lives, the fruit of the Spirit within our lives. We are told to keep in step with the Spirit, that we will not bear the fruit of the flesh, if we keep in step with the Spirit, we will bear the fruit of the Spirit. We will bear spiritual fruit. And so I encourage us to bear fruit. There's the fruit of evangelism. There's the fruit of of spiritual growth, of helping people to grow uh, in their walk with God. We are, we are commended into these types of things. And so I encourage you. Disciple-making is, is not just telling people, Uh, You know like what I do on a daily basis But it's encouraging you to take what you've been given and do the same that that is the encouragement that comes uh, from uh, from this challenge to bear fruit Verse 44 gets into anyone who falls on this stone we be broken to pieces now here's the difference on one person uh, one person falls on the stone, the other person has the stone fall upon them. Notice the one that's broken to pieces. And then notice the one who is crushed. The one broken to pieces is the person who surrenders to Christ. Uh, the one on whom it crushes is the one who, in the end, at the time of judgment, uh, is crushed. Now, not, not annihilated, not obliterated, but crushed, crushed under the weight of judgment because they never responded to Jesus. The idea of falling on the stone is the idea of surrender. May we be people, and may we pray for other people to be those uh, uh, who fall upon the stone, who, uh, who kneel, at the stone, who kneel at the rock, who is Jesus. May we pray that our friends, may we pray that our relatives, may we pray that our children, may we pray that our spouses, may we pray that our parents, may we pray that our our brethren, our brothers and our sisters, our siblings, may we pray that our neighbors fall on the stone who is Jesus. May that be our prayer. And not those who are crushed. He continues on finishing out this parable. He says, When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parables, they knew he was talking about them. They looked for a way to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowd because the people held he was a prophet. They understood. They knew. They knew he was confronting them. They knew that he was challenging them. I mean, to, to espouse uh, prostitutes and tax collectors is better than a religious folk? Yes. You know, sometimes in, in churches, and, and our church isn't one of these types of churches by and large. Now, it may have been at some point in its history that I don't remember, but uh, it's not by and large. Church, if you come in and you're all tattooed up, I mean, look at. Look at our beloved Jacob uh, uh, Santos, Pastor Jacob, and uh, the tattoos he has, not tattoos. Uh, we have uh, friends uh, who, from time to time, come into our fellowship, uh, all with lots of earrings. It's not about that. It's about the souls of men. Uh, you know, and if people come dressed a little bit wonky, I mean, here's the thing. What are we interested in? Are we interested in the souls of men or their outward appearance? Jesus was interested in the souls of men. Jesus was interested in people who would uh, respond, who would kneel, who would fall, who would surrender to him. Uh, If you're being convicted about being a religious acting type person, then I want to encourage you to uh, not be religious, but to be spiritual. And the difference is that you have a desire to walk with God. The difference is that you have a desire to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. That you have a desire to live in an ongoing love relationship with Jesus. That's the difference. Religious people put on an outward show. They put on the airs. They put on the big hat, the nice dress, if they're, if they're a female, you know, or they put on the nice suit. Uh, now, I'm not against nice dresses, I'm not against suits, no, not at all, but there are people, I mean, I, I think of churches that I, I've witnessed, uh, it used to be in the days when the women would wear the big hats. Who are we trying to impress? Uh, yet, where is our love for Christ? Where, where is our brokenness? Where is our kneeling? Where is our prayerfulness? Where is our surrender? All of these types of things. It, within this parable, Jesus is also referencing the fact that uh, uh, that he will be uh, crucified. He is also referencing the fact of what they uh, are going to do to him. They're going to they're going to kill him, uh, just like they did the prophets. Just like they, they did to uh, some of the priests and the scribes, killing them. And they would kill Jesus. Again, this is prophetic. By the end of the week, Jesus will experience this crucifixion, this death, this death at the hands of the, quote, tenants, those religious leaders in the day of Jesus. Now, I'm looking, I'm considering, if, uh, if we go any further here in this passage, uh, let, me, let me turn back over here and, and see. Uh, one more. Let's do this third parable. It uh, might go a little bit long this morning. It says, Jesus spoke to them again in parables, Matthew 22, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who'd been invited to the banquet to tell them to come. But they refused. But they refused. Verse 4. He sent some more servants and said, Tell those who've been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen, my fat, and cattle have been butchered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention, went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners, invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out to the streets and gathered all the people they could find, as the bad as well as the good. The wedding hall, the wedding hall was filled with guests. When the king came in to see the guest, he noticed a man there who was not wearing the wedding clothes, and he asked, How did you get in here without the wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. The king told the attendants, Tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness for the weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. Now, again, within this parable, there are all kinds of uh, indications as to whom he might be speaking. There's the indication of there is the indication that he has come to the religious people to speak, those who had the invitations, those who had the prophecies, those who should have been ready, but notice their response when he says in verse four, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, my fat and cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. I mean, could that be like us? Could we be those who, uh, you know, Jesus is inviting to come to the feast and we go, wait a minute, I've got other things on my schedule. I I don't know that I can quite schedule this in now. Now, this could be a little bit of an opportunity for me to go on the offensive uh, about things like church attendance. Uh, I'm not going to do that. You could. But there is a little bit of a hint here. Now, it's really the idea of of come to the wedding feast. It's the idea of the the wedding supper of the Lamb that that we are invited to attend. Uh, And yet there were people who just like, no, I'm not going. Uh, And you look at verse 5. Verse 5 said, one went to his field, another went to his business. They seized the servants, mistreated them. and, And that could be like the days, like the prophets in our day. Prophets who are uh, disregarded, prophets who are ignored, uh, prophets who uh, who don't uh, who don't get the respect that they ought to get. Uh, prophets who are uh, who are cast aside, and there are many of those in our day. Many who are pronouncing uh, prophetic utterances who are totally and simply being ignored i think we need to sit up and listen i mean i could be one of those voices even because i i do tend to talk about the prophetic uh, i do tend maybe not as, as much as some others but some people like well just give us the practical stuff uh, you know make us feel good inspire us and and then you know it'll all be good well no i need to tell you you need to be ready i need to be ready people need to be ready because the son of man will appear uh, in an hour when we do not expect we need to be ready verse 8 said the wedding banquet is ready but those i invited did not deserve to come notice what he said he said go to the street corners invite to the banquet anyone you will find those who maybe weren't ready those who maybe weren't religious those who maybe weren't a part of the family they're the ones who uh, are invited you go down to the moral general Uh, invite anybody that walks in Uh, you go over to the the community center Uh, when something's going on you invite anybody that walks in you go down to uh, You go down to the homeless uh, community in Belfast and invite them in. Uh, You go to to the bars and invite them in because sometimes those of us sitting in churches, it falls on deaf ears. We need to be ready. The king is coming. The king will be coming uh, to rapture his church out, his bride, and we need to be ready. And yet, there's one more thing, and I'll, I'll cover this. There was a person who didn't have the proper clothes. There still is the necessity of being properly dressed, of being given the wedding clothes to put on by Jesus, which is our salvation, and there will be those who will show up without their salvation that he will say, you cannot enter in here, who will be thrown out into darkness. Don't be deceived, do not be deluded, make sure that you know Jesus make sure that you are walking with Jesus so that when the time comes you are in the happy throne well let's be those who serve uh, as we should serve let's be those who are ready uh, when the son of man comes Uh, let's be those who are like the son who follows through. Even though we might be a little bit defiant now, we still follow through. Uh, And let's not be like those tenants who uh, don't listen, but rather let's listen and let's share the fruit that God has given us for the kingdom of God. Lord, help us today to live for you. Help us to walk with you. Help us to glorify you today. Help us to listen. Help us to, as well, be engaged in inviting others that they, too, may be included in the happy throng. Lord, that's our prayer today. Hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day, everyone. I will see you tomorrow.